Disney's MGM Studios theme park opened in May of 1989. Hollywood, 1939. Amid the glitz and the glitter of a bustling young movie town at the height of its golden age. How did you get here? We entered a contest. Yeah, we lost. <laughs> I'm going to take my camera off for a second. Show you how us official undercover guys pick a lock. Hey, Tink, slip me some wings. W Radio, your information station. Hello, my friends, and welcome to the WDW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 445, and I'm here to help you have the best possible Disney vacation experience and bring you some Disney magic wherever you are with this podcast, videos, blog, live events, books, audio tours, and more. You can find everything over at www.radio.com. So I'm going to open up the inbox again this week and answer your questions about where and what to eat for a Disneyland first-timer, choosing between the magic and the fantasy, Mickey's not-so-scary Halloween party, the lost legendary year's resort, free dining, and a new Tomorrowland e-ticket attraction. I'm also going to look for your input in helping to answer a few of these questions. I'll then have the answer to our last Walt Disney World trivia question of the week and pose a new challenge for your chance to win a Disney prize package. Then stay tuned to the end of the show for more information about upcoming Meets of the Month and WDW Radio events, including a meet in Disneyland. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show. week for the past nearly 11 years. I've put out the show in an effort to help you enhance your enjoyment and appreciation of Walt Disney World with a mix of content and a variety of mediums and really through a very wide spectrum of topics too because I want to not only connect you to the Disney experiences when you can't get there, but I want to help make your next trip even more memorable and special. One of my favorite ways is by helping you individually by answering your questions because I know that the answers might help and even inspire others. So I'm going to open up the inbox again this week to answer your questions. If you want to, if you have a question you want me to answer on the show, you can email me, lou at wdwradio.com. And joining me once again this week is someone who I bring along to share her wit, her wisdom, and hopefully some of her food. She is, of course, the, she's the Scarlet Witch to my Quicksilver, the Wasp to my Ant-Man, and the Gamora to my Star-Lord. She has no idea who any of those people are, but she is, of course, Becky Mankin <laughs> from MEI and MouseFanTravel.com. Wait a minute. I don't know who any of those people are. Probably not. You, you right, may Gamora, know Scarlet Witch. Come on. That's Scarlet Witch. Just- uh, yes. As a matter of fact, I do. As I love Scarlet Witch. I really do. Hopefully she's playing on the right team for the whole Are you Civil team War thing. are you team uh Iron Man or oh, are you team Cap? Well, see, this is really tough because uh, you know, you got to figure the Vision is on team Iron Man. That you can't really beat that guy, are right? You read, are you and, reading and the Hulk Wik- is totally out of the whole thing. So. Are you reading Wikipedia right now? Is that how you're keeping up? 
No, you should see my arms. They are like flailing in all directions right now because this is a big deal for me. I can't wait for this movie. I can't wait for it. Favorite excited. female Marvel Ooh. superhero slash villain. Well, villain? Women aren't villains. I don't know what your problem is. <laughs> <laughs> Are you? Is it? Is it Captain Marvel? Mrs. Marvel? No. She, you're you're more of a She-Hulk. Are you? No, a... no. I I do. I really do like Black Widow. I really do like. I think it's because the movies, because her wit is so amazing, and her dry sense of humor, and how it all plays into the rest of the the gang of guys. I kind of understand that. Um, so wait, here's so if you like Black Widow, here's your. It's a softball. This is the, the mm-hmm. impress the. What is Black wow. Widow's real name? Oh, um, <laughs> Natasha. What? Let me Google it. <laughs> <laughs> Let me text Chris really quick and see. Oh, I know boy. It's Natasha. I don't, uh, it's Russian. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. So listen, wow. this week I, I want to try something different and <laughs> we're off to a very really? bad start. Because I listen, we really have so many emails in the yeah, inbox, and if you, like, why don't we do like four weeks of nothing but? We are going to try. We are going to try to get through these as quickly as possible because I know we have a tendency sometimes to go long, shocker of all shockers. Not us. But no, um, <laughs> let us do. Um, we'll sort of make this a, a in the a storm. It'll be a lightning round in honor of storm. And we will try and go as quickly and answer as many as we can. I'm Savvy? Really, that's right. Yeah, Let's go try. ahead. Let's see how this goes. <clears throat> Good luck with that, bud. Yeah, because a lot of these emails are actually long, even in the questions themselves. So here we go. Hey. The first one comes from Ryan. He says, Dear Lou, first of all, I wanted to say that I love your show. Been listening nonstop since finding WW Radio over a year ago. Thank you. Hello, Lou. <laughs> I listen Sorry. so much that it's driving my fellow coworkers and friends crazy. But last year, my girlfriend and I took our son to the Brookfield Zoo in Chicago, and we were about to leave. I looked at her and said, you know, we should really try and go to Disney World sometimes. And before I could even finish the sentence, she looked at me, nodded with a look of intense excitement. So we hurried up, rushed home, and started doing some research, which is actually how I found the show. After about three hours of looking online and a few more hours watching YouTube videos of family enjoying the parks, the excitement became too much and we booked our seven-day trip to the world that very same day. That was six months ago, and now we are finally two days away from finally going. It's 1.15 in the morning here, and while the rest of the family is asleep, I am wide awake thinking about our vacation, not being able to sleep, ha ha ha. So my question is, Lou Mangiello, when was the last time that you were most excited and anxious to get to the parks, excuse me, and why? Much love, and thanks again for sharing some Disney magic, Ryan. Ryan, I I love this question, man, and this was not intentionally put first, but I dig it because there's a few things going on here, Becky. One, I think that the excitement that Ryan feels, I love the fact that it's the parent that can't sleep as opposed to the kids the night before. And I think sometimes, too, people think that because this is is what I do and I live so close to the parks that, that I'm probably in the parks all the time and I just don't get excited the same way anymore, to that I say nay, nay. One, because most of my job takes place right here at my desk and I don't go to the parks probably as often as you think. But when I do, so for example, I was in the parks last week and I went into Magic Kingdom and the welcome show was going on and I saw the Main Street characters and I saw the castle. Like I still get that 
giddy feeling. I still get that, that my heart races a little bit faster and I still find myself smiling even when I'm by myself. But the time I was most recently really excited and anxious was actually not to go to, to the parks, but was actually to go on the cruise. Um, oh. I really find myself, and especially the last one that we did, the Star Wars Day at Sea Cruise this past February, I, was, I really was finding myself counting down to that cruise, probably more so than I had been any other cruise before. And I don't know why. I think it was just a, a combination of all the planets just aligning the right way, and it was Star Wars Day at Sea, and just everything that was going on with it. But I still do. I, I really was excited and anxious uh, for that one. And I had those same type of excited butterflies the two, three, four days leading up to it. You were just excited to put that costume on. I, I was. <laughs> you Hello, were so proud we of that Lando costume. I, I'm i wondering, if are you wearing it now? I, I am. I, uh, I pretty much wear it around the house, um, and I just look forward to any occasion. Listen, I was the only guy dressed like Lando Calrissian. So. Yep, yep. I was pretty proud. Fortunately of or unfortunately. So. Yeah. Yeah, for me, I'll tell you, the excitement, it's the same thing. No matter when you go, when you walk into the gates, it's that whole experience of breathing in the air and going, I'm in a happy place. It really is. And that whole too excited to sleep, they nailed it in those commercials for sure. But I think I have two, and I'll share them really quickly. The most recent was going to the park to do the Disney After Hours party because being really excited about kind of having a, a park somewhat all to yourself, it felt magical. And that whole alive of just feeling like it, you could just run on any ride you wanted to. And you could look at them and say, leave me on. I want to go around again. And uh, it was, it was a, I felt like a little kid that snuck into the gates <laughs> when it was closed. And it was a lot of excitement. But the most excited I've ever been was on my 21st birthday. When I was on the road, I was playing near a place called Lompoc, California. After we tore down at like 2 o'clock in the morning, I drove to Disneyland and I parked at the gate and I slept in my car in the parking lot. Was so Disneyland the- even <clears> – <throat> was it open back then? Uh, that was – you know what? I so totally was hoping not to open that door for you. Um, <laughs> Softball, was, stand up, yeah, knock it yeah. out of the park. Again, my 21st birthday. Right. Just, was Disneyland yeah. open then? Yeah, it kind of was. So anyway, I parked, I slept, and other people, when they turned 21, they would go to a bar, they would you know, run to Vegas or do something. I wanted to be the first in the gates at Disneyland. That's how I spent my 21st birthday. There's and the excitement. There you go. And you just saw the big pile of dirt and knew eventually it would become... And I want to quickly go back to the <sighs> after hours yeah. thing, because let mm-hmm. me just translate that for the listeners to why you really liked it so much. Wow. A, because you're part vampire and your your witching hour oh does usually God. take place after the sun goes down. We're because starting early. The sun, if, if you wow. step out into the sunlight, it, it'll melt your skin. And B, because it's late at night, there's not a lot of children in the parks. Anyway, uh, let us move on. Not to... even any rebuttal time. <laughs> no. Imagine. This is why you, you don't do anything live with me anymore. Because I'll just like Correct. push you away and I'll go. Correct. All right, go. All right, but listen, Later. Justin LeBlanc has <sighs> a uh, LeBlanc, LeBlanc, however, tomato tomato has a question he says lou and becky miss mankin if you're nasty i love that i was what? so that's what it says it says Family lou show. and becky miss mankin if you're nasty <laughs> janet jackson don't it you it takes me right back to the 80s right there <clears throat> anyway i don't even care what the question is i just wanted to do i've kind of lost Ms. Yeah. If you're nasty. um nasty boys We're off the rails um, totally off the rails keep going i uh, so much for doing lightning round anyway i've uh-huh. been the walt to walt disney world several times and now I know my way around the various dining options and the ADR system. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
I've never been to Disneyland, and I'm at a bit of a loss. I'll be making the pilgrimage to Anaheim for the Avengers half this November. Good boy. I'll be there with two others arriving late Thursday night from the East Coast and taking the red eye back on Sunday night. We don't have a lot of time to dilly-dally. Didn't you realize people still said that anymore? He can neither dilly nor dally. So please share with me your Disneyland dining must-do. And remember, we've only got three days to do it in. Many thanks. Keep up the great work. And he says, Becky, we always use MEI. And a huge out shout out to Kelly McCulloch, our vacation planner. And again, nope. that is Justin Love. Becky, this one happy. is right in our wheelhouse. Um, talking about, remember, only three days. The Disneyland dining must do's. So give me three. Give me like three must do's that either places to eat or things to eat in Disneyland. Okay. Uh, first, real quick, just to I think you, I think he was meaning Kathy McCulloch, not Kelly McCulloch. I want to make sure to get her name right because if I'm, she did that I, great I job to make him say it, and thank you so much, Justin, for the shout out because I love hearing the experiences that you guys have with our agents. It, it makes their day and it makes mine as well. So three, huh? Three. Good luck with that too, because um, uh, of course I I, I will. Forgo the one that I know you're going to say because that's one. I like starting the day off with a character breakfast of some sort, and I still really like Goofy's Kitchen over at Disneyland Hotel. I know that there's a character breakfast in the park, and that's great, but there's something about being able to get a peanut butter and jelly pizza for breakfast <laughs> at Goofy's Kitchen is amazing to me. Um, on the more fancier side, the Blue Bayou, which has that Cajun spice, yummy New Orleans feel to it but that's the one that you're in the dark and you're watching the boats slowly sail by before they go take their um their pirates of the caribbean uh turn and i just love sitting there and having the ambiance in that room it's amazing um the other thing i like well there's two others i'm sorry i gotta do this cafe orleans that has that monte Cristo sandwich that oh, if I hate eat you it so by much. your sorry i left <laughs> the one alone that i know i'm gonna com- comment on later but the monte Cristo. I have to share that. It's so rich and huge and amazing. It's too much food. All, too much rich oh, food this, at once. This, so. this, there's no such thing as too much food. Okay. <laughs> you have, and wait, you have to get, if you go to Cafe Orlinge, you get the Monte Cristo and you get the Palm Frites. You just like saying Palm Frites. I do. It's like the only French <laughs> I know. It's like a more amazing version of like a croque monsieur. Like and I have Monte- no idea what that is, so let's <laughs> leave that alone. Go ahead. Uh, Sorry, I got excited. The other great thing that they do at Disneyland is they have that wonderful um, uh, offer where you eat and then you get a voucher for preferred viewing for either Paint the Night Parade or World of Color, which you can do a sit-down meal at one of the restaurants or they have an on-the-go option for Paint the Night uh, where you either go to Blue Bayou for dinner and then you get a Paint the Night voucher for preferred viewing. World of Color, you go to Ariel's Grotto, Carthay Circle, or the Wine Country Trattoria. And they also have a new dessert party at World of Color, too, that's brand new. I know! So you can... Um, you can take advantage because you got to eat anyway, right? So do one of these and then take advantage of that preferred viewing because, as you know, Disneyland tends to be a little bit more cramped when it comes to viewing these um, these wonderful uh, shows that they have available. So take advantage of those preferred viewings. I think that those are probably my top tips. Oh, wait, one more. <laughs> Downtown Disney, don't forget, it's right there. It's within walking distance. You can easily leave outside of the park 
and go have a meal, have lunch, have dinner. And there's a ton of great places there, too. I know that Tortilla Joe's, House of Blues, I know that you love Jazz Kitchen. We've been there a lot. Um, I think a lot of people that haven't done Disneyland a lot kind of think of it in Disney World terms. You have to get on a bus to get down there. When, in fact, everything is right there within walking distance. So there's great places to eat in downtown Disney. Um, Catal. God, I love Catal. Such a great place in downtown Disney. So lots of options. So this is, doesn't count as my first one, but I want to sort of wrap a lot of yours all into one because I think, and again, we're thinking Disneyland dining for first timers. So let's sort of keep in the New Orleans flair. I think Cafe Orleans, the Blue Bayou, and uh, Ralph Brennan's Jazz Kitchen all give you a really nice sense of, you literally can go there for breakfast, lunch, and dinner those three mm-hmm. restaurants, and have an amazing, amazing uh, meal. Uh, I think the theming is great. I think the food is excellent. So, all right, I'll start with the obvious one, because, again, if you are a first-timer going to Disneyland, I think you also need to go to Disney's California Adventure, and you need to go multiple times to the Cozy <laughs> Cone Motel. No, shocking. Yes, go figure. <laughs> um, it is my go-to place. I think the chili cone queso is spectacular. Spectacular! It's an edible, an edible bread bowl cone with chili in it and Fritos and cheese on top. They also have a, a chicken verde, a little bit of heat, nice little spice on there. That's really, really nice. And there's five different sort of cones or teepees you can go to. They have breakfast as well. I think yeah, but, uh, for that, that one cone that you're just talking about for the two, they're a little spicy heat. They also have a bacon mac and cheese one. They do, but you need to get the chili cone queso and the chicken verde, and then if you have extra room, go get the mac and cheese one, and then go get some of the cool popcorn. But you're a first-timer going to Disneyland. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. You need to go not to the Corn Dog Castle. No, no, no. You need to go to Main Street USA, where it all began, Becky Mankin, and you need to have a corn dog right on Main Street from the Little Red Wagon. Like, that is, I think, a, a a quintessential Disneyland meal. And you might say, come on, Mangello, I've had corn dogs before, not like this. Uh, I think it is definitely something, a place you need to go and something that you need to try. Whew, now I'm confused because there's like 18 other things that I want to recommend and places to go. I'll, I'll give I'll give one more. I'll give, you know what? <laughs> wow! <laughs> I know I'm, I'm so excited that I'm confusing myself. What I'm thinking I, is in your brain, your brain is like going so fast about food, and you're trying to book your airline ticket I am, to Disney all over right the place. now because you're thinking about a cozy cone. Uh, I, I'm thinking. I, I'm still thinking back to, and I'm back to New Orleans again, to New Orleans Square. Wow. The first thing I ever ate there was one of the bread bowls at the Royal Street Veranda. Really? That was the very first thing I ever ate. So maybe it's a bit of nostalgia. Maybe it's a bit of the flavor. But I really, really like that. But I'll give you maybe one other, a Disneyland dining must-do. Gosh, that's hard. You know what? (laughs) It's rare for you to be short of words. Well, because I'm thinking Plaza Inn, I'm thinking, I'm thinking Storyteller Cafe, but I'm trying to really think of like real quintessential Disneyland. Um, you know what? I, I think you need to eat at the Plaza Inn. I think the Plaza Inn is a well, must-do 
Disneyland. Well, let me throw this at you. What about Carnation Cafe? Yeah, because that's be. been there forever and ever and ever. And you want to talk about quintessential Disneyland. It's right there on Main Street. And you can sit outside and you can watch the atmosphere go. And one of the longest running cast members ever still works there. And you could talk to him about Walt. Wait, I have one more. <laughs> <sighs> so <laughs> Why don't we just for, go down the so list for at this point? Yeah. <laughs> one of my favorite. Oh, gosh. You know what? Chimichanga. You got to get a chimichanga in the in the <gasps> hub. Yes, I, I forgot about these. those. Oh, and then when you're done with that, you can wash it down with the the chili lime grilled corn. That's really good too. So thank Jeremy for that addiction. The, I had never had one of those chimichangas, and we had one when, on one of the last trips when we were there. And now we have to have one. Okay. I know I'm hungry I'm for chimichanga. Okay. All right. So, but I want you, the listener, I need you to help Justin and us out. What is one thing? What is the, for a first time visitor to Disneyland, what is the one place or one thing that you need to eat? Call the voicemail. Let me hear it, man. 407-900-931. Or you can comment in the show notes over at www.radio.com or tweet me at Lou Mangiello. All right, we need to move on because so much for this being fast. Uh, Stephen from Houston says, hey, Lou and Becky, I have a secret. Walt Disney World trip planned to surprise my wife, Jamie. Jamie, don't listen. On your 40th birthday, well, only the details are secret as United immediately spoiled the plane flight due to her frequent flyer account. Lesson learned. Anyway, it'll be a quick pop-in visit. We have arrived Friday, staying in a Lakeview studio at the Polynesian Villas through Sunday. I'm not planning on buying park tickets. I just want to enjoy the resort and the world in general. Unless we can't resist the urge to see the new Star Tours update, I have booked Artist Point for Friday dinner and Narcoosies for Saturday dinner, both of which are new experiences for us. I originally tried to book the chef's table at Victoria and Albert's, only to learn that it's planned to be down during one, while we're there. I was put on the wait list both nights in case they opened up. But I also heard that the Queen Victoria room is an option and made reservations for that instead of Artist Point. Anyway... This is a very long way to go for the question. In the unlikely event the chef table becomes available, would you make the jump from the Queen Victoria room? I'm already trying not to think about the price tag of either. I'm sure between Lou's food obsession and Becky's extravagances, (laughs) he wrote it, not me. Research. You'll have an opinion. Research purposes. Got to experience it to talk about it. Smiley face. Keep living the dream. Stephen from Houston. All right. So this was a very circuitous way to say, look, He's going to the Queen Victoria room at she- at Victorian Alberts, but if the chef's table happens to open up, is it worth making the jump? Um, yes. Yes. <laughs> no question. It's it's at last I had priced it. I think that the chef's table is two fifty per person, um, but they have one table that seats up to ten. But I, I would say from the experiences that I've had there, maybe a. a Four to six people is actually a nice round number for that back area. But it's a 13 to 14 course meal that you have to take a break. There's like an intermission time because there's so much food and it's amazing. The Queen's Room is still a wonderful experience as well. And I think it's about 210 per person as of this, the, the last time that I priced it. That has, I think, four tables in the room with a 10 course meal. So both are amazing experiences you can't go wrong with any meal at vna but if you have an an opportunity to jump up especially for something as special as a 40th birthday i think that it's a no-brainer 
Yeah, I think so too, especially because it's a, a relatively de minimis number between the Victoria Room and the chef's table. Uh, Stephen, this birthday only comes once, and brother, let me help you out a little bit here. Um, it's not her 40th birthday. It's the second <laughs> anniversary of her 20th birthday. If you get that right, you'll win some uh, you'll win some points with Jamie. But yeah, I think if you're able to do chef's table, it is one of those, uh, I think really, Becky, probably a once in a lifetime, maybe twice in a lifetime type experience. So if you can get it, take it. Yeah, and it's so odd though. Remember they they like escort you to the bathroom <laughs> so you don't trip on things. It it's so such an amazing upscale um experience and to be in the in the kitchen to see everything go and it, it's really amazing to see how much food is being prepped in there and how it runs almost silently. There's no one everybody kind of reads each other's minds and it's an amazing thing to experience and watch these masters at their craft of making these meals. Um, even just for that, to have that ringside seat at, at the kitchen is worth uh, going up to the chef's table if you can. Yeah, and Stephen, just a couple of bits of advice. Um, I'm, you know, it, it, the Victorian Alberts, I, I love dressing for dinner. This is really one of those places you can and should do it. I'm sure your wife will, you'll either maybe go out and buy her a new dress or she'll buy a new dress for it. Um, if you're going to buy something new, make sure you get the pants that have the elastic waist. Because, <laughs> what? I'm serious. You're, you're right. <laughs> I'm serious, Ed. It's because a 14-course it. meal. It's no joke. And when <laughs> Becky no- says they escort you to the bathroom, that they, they like roll you down like like Violet Beauregard <laughs> because you're, you're, you're like a giant big blueberry. So, all right. <laughs> Moving on, uh, next one comes from Pastor Mike, so be nice, Becky, from wow. Sevierville, Tennessee. He says, Lou, I know you've touched on the cruise ships some in the past. My wife and I have honeymooned at Walt Disney World for 10 days, and we took an anniversary trip on the fantasy seven-night Eastern Caribbean. Love it. In our quest to take new adventures together, we'd like to go to Disneyland, never been, or take a different Disney Cruise Line itinerary or ship. We have the option to either do the Disney Magic or fantasy on Western Caribbean for our third anniversary next year. Would we be disappointed in the magic having experienced the fantasy and all it has to offer? Or would you suggest taking the trip to Disneyland instead, likely three or four days? I promise we won't hold you completely accountable for the coming trip if we don't like it. Smiley face winky. Uh, We'd love to hear from someone who has some experiences on the matter. Thanks for all you do. P.S. Come to the mountain sometime. We'll get you tickets to Dollywood. It's not the same, I know, but please come visit. That is from Pastor Mike. So again, the question, Becky, is do they do the magic? Do they do Western on the fantasy or go to Disneyland? Pastor Mike, I'm going to give you my opinion first, and this may surprise you. I'm going to tell you to take the magic because believe it or not, and I know this this changes every time I go on one of the other ships, the magic right now probably is my favorite ship in the fleet. Uh, I, I love the dream and I love the fantasy and all the new technology. The magic has been reimagined. I love the new additions that they've brought in there to the uh, the, the general areas, the stateroom, the adults areas, the kids clubs, the, the pool area. And I also like the size of that ship. Uh, we just came off the wonder last year to Alaska, which is something you've got to do for your fourth anniversary. But I really like a, a, a little bit of the smaller size. I love the adult areas on the magic as well. So if I had to rank them in order, I would go magic, Disneyland, and then fantasy. Wow. That's interesting that you took that that turn. Um, 
I love the magic because it does have great features that now it's been reimagined for sure. And I really enjoy the coziness of the smaller ships. Um, Did you say cozy cone? I'm no, sorry. I, no. I'm sorry. <laughs> Coziness. Oh, sorry. Not, this is going to be on your brain now for a while, isn't it? I'm just going to like start texting you pictures. Everybody, start texting pictures of cozy cones to Lou. Um, I, uh, I think between the magic and the fantasy, it comes down to the the itinerary because obviously, if it's going to places uh, that are different on the magic, you want to um, look at the itinerary. Between the two, it's a hard choice when it comes to magic and fantasy because I. Well, I like the coziness of the smaller ships. I do also enjoy all the nooks and crannies that you can hide and the technology and the things that you can do on the fantasy as well. So it's it's a hard choice. I think for me, between the two, I, it would come down to what the itinerary was. But then you put Disneyland in the mix, and it's a whole different experience than if you were going to cruise. So choosing between the three then that becomes a whole different question like are you looking for the relaxation of a cruise on this trip versus the more energetic atmosphere of a theme park um i guess i'd have to ask more questions to make an actual big recommendation but if if neither of those really mattered i might go cruise then disneyland if you're looking for more of a a relaxing atmosphere because it's it looks like it's more of a romantic trip than not, but it's hard not to. I I'm doing the Libra thing. I'm I'm calling it and just saying fifty fifty. Take a choice because all of our great experiences, I can't pick one over the. So other. your answer is is not answering the question. Pretty that is, much. That is, okay, you're a big help. Kind of like when you and I talk and I have questions. Big for big you help. I, uh, yeah. it, listen, I I agree it's, to a certain degree about the itineraries, but I will tell you, and I think you know this, especially if you've cruised a number of times before. The itinerary sometimes becomes secondary because, look, I think the big right. draw in terms of getting off the ship is Castaway Key, which you hit on any of those cruises, you know, and the Caribbean side of things. Mm-hmm. After that, you know, like well, me personally, like I don't get off in Nassau really anymore. Like, and and right. it, it, we we just did the Western Caribbean last year. We only got off in Cozumel. Just chose not to get off in Grand Cayman because I love being able to have the ship almost to yourself because so many people are off it and you can really enjoy all the ship has to offer. So for me, it is a little bit less about the, look, I've said this in the past. I don't care if the ship goes out and just does donuts in the ocean, like for seven days and then comes back um, because it's the ships that I enjoy more so than the excursions. Well, I guess uh, you, you kind of made my point in a way. Let's say that the magic is going to the the deep southern Caribbean or it's going to ports that you normally wouldn't go to or you've never been to before and you want to, like stopping in San Juan or uh, going over to Aruba or something that is a place that you've wanted to visit, but it's not something you've ever – that you've experienced before. That's kind of what I'm saying in terms of looking at the itinerary. But I completely agree with you. When you've been on a cruise and you've been to Nassau a few times and you've been to some of these other places, it does become all about the ship. And it that's the destination. And I think the last couple of cruises that I've been on that have been the same itinerary that I've done in the past, I've just kind of waved everybody off the ship and said, had a great time and go do what you're going to do in uh, for your shore excursions. And stayed on the ship and enjoyed the emptiness for the exception of one itinerary that I will always get off the ship, Mm. and that's Alaska. Oh, yeah. 
Alaska's a whole nother. Yeah, it really is. And and at that point, that's all about the itinerary and and whatever ship is going up there, I'm on it. Just I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, whatever cruise you choose, Pastor Mike, I'm going to give you the same advice I gave Stephen a little while ago. Uh, elastic waistbands. The elastic waistbands. Oh yeah. Apollo. All. all right. Tommy has a question. He says, hey, Lou, my wife and three-year-old are cruising in October out of Port Canaveral on the... A lot of cruising questions. Uh, Of course, they recently announced the Halloween party dates, but for us to move our airline tickets, get a room on property, tickets to the Magic Kingdom, and the Halloween party would be about $600. In your opinion, would this be worth it for essentially one day in the parks? I love listening to everything you do and hope to meet you soon. Thanks, Tommy. So this is a very... It's a simple, clear-cut question that we really can and will take an entire show at one point to answer. Not today. Basically, (laughs) is the Halloween party worth it, right? So he's talking $600, obviously not for Halloween party tickets because the tickets themselves range about $60, $70 each. But to change all the flights and get the room, right. Is it worth it to do the Halloween party Right before or after, I'm not really sure, his cruise on the Disney fantasy. Um, (laughs) It's really hard to say. You know, there's part of me that wants to just jump in and say yes, because I love the Halloween party and the three-year-old trick-or-treating and seeing the parade. Your Lando costume. Yeah, and my Lando (laughs) costume. And listen, the new Hocus Pocus villain spectacular show, I really, really loved Last year, all the characters that are out, uh, you know, you only have to buy, maybe this will help you, you only have to buy a ticket if you want to the Halloween party. You can get in at four o'clock, so maybe you don't necessarily need an additional Magic Kingdom ticket. I don't know if that maybe impacts your choice at all. Um, I, I mean, depending on how often you get to Walt Disney World, I mean, if this is a one in five year trip, then I would say do it. If you're going to be back next year and not cruise, you maybe can wait. Uh, God, that sounds like such a Becky non-answer. Um, <laughs> wait, but you were right. I mean, that's that's a very valid point right there. If they're not planning to come back in the next five years, do it. Because I think everyone should do the Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween and or the Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party at least once. And if you have that opportunity, you're going to be there anyway. Yeah, that's going to be a little bit to move your airline tickets around. I get it. But if you're not going to come back for another five years or longer, yeah, I would think that it might be worth it if that's something you really want to experience. If you've done it before, maybe not so much. If you're going to be there next year and it's going to be all about Walt Disney World and not the cruise, then you might want to forego. So I think that that has a big weight in the balance of it is if you're going to return in the next year or two or not. Yeah. So I knew you have to sort of, you know, that's something you have to weigh Uh, on your own to see. But let's move on to a question that I believe does not involve cruising and or food, and it comes from our friend Natalie Herndon all the way from beautiful Dallas, Texas. Go Giants. Hey, Lou, and hopefully Becky. I recently heard about the uncompleted idea for Disney's pop century, the Legendary Years Resort. After some research, I know that Art Art of Animation is now located where this proposed resort would have been, but I was wondering whatever happened to leave it abandoned for so many years. The concept sounded so unique and so interesting, especially when it was to be connected to what with Pop Century that we have now. I understand it's a big question, but would this idea ever possibly be resurrected? Thanks so much for all you do and for all of us listeners. Natalie, thank you for listening. So, Becky, you might not be familiar with this, too, because it involves history and value resorts, two things you have no experience or interest in. Wow. 
You know, if if I could punch you right now, I would. You would. <laughs> Listen, you'll have plenty. Uh, you'll have plenty of time to do that. So let's take a quick step back in time. Uh, Disney's Pop Century Resort um, was a hotel that was built in in two phases. Right, there was the uh, the classic years, which is themed towards the fifties and the nineties. That was that opened first as part of two different phases. And then the second phase was going to be called the legendary years, which included themed areas from the 1900s to the 1940s. And that was located across, at the time, the Hourglass Bridge from the classic years. And although they started construction at the same time, because of global events and changes into the economy, they ended up not opening up the legendary years. So the the classic years opened on December 14th, 2003. And for years, the other half of the property sat abandoned and it, it was actually kind of cool to sort of look at what it was <laughs> from an abandoned theme park kind of perspective. Uh, and then it obviously became, um, they decided to change the theming to become Art of Animation, which I have to say, Becky, I think makes a little bit more sense um, for me. I, I, You know, I think a lot of us can relate to the nostalgia of the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, but um, the idea of trying to celebrate and embrace the the uh, the aughts and the tens and the twenties yeah. uh, might have been a little bit more difficult. So sometimes maybe things happen for a reason, and sometimes for the best. Yeah, and especially when you're kind of looking at the art of animation and going into the family suite scenario that's that's over there, um, it, it's kind of hard to put in all the newfangled stuff when you've got a 1920s theme. Um, I, again, I'm with you. I think that maybe it just was supposed to be that way and they came up with a, a concept which is extraordinarily popular. Uh, a lot of people really enjoy that resort and it's um, something that I'm really glad they did. Yeah, and I, and I love the theming at, of Art of Animation. For, it, it, for me, it's value plus um, but yeah, I sometimes think, come on, mom, I want to, can we stay in the tens? I want to stay in the tens because I remember <laughs> nothing about the tens. So. <laughs> um, and Natalie, if you go and look, there are some, uh, there are some neat, albeit probably unauthorized uh, photos of the legendary years. Well, remember, they were abandoned for almost a decade, so it yeah. really started to – it had um, it had its own very special kind of theming to it as that was going on because the buildings were, were fully constructed. They just weren't painted, and, and watching all the overgrowth and things like that was, was sort of interesting from an abandonment perspective. But all right, let's move on. This is supposed to be the lightning round show. I am failing miserably. You, you failed like as of question number I two. I'm just that. saying. Uh, hey, Lou, and possibly Becky. My name is Jordan is, Lively. Do all these people have question marks? This is I just want to know. Yes, yes. And Jordan Lively, that She's sounds like a rock star right name. Now. Like, he should be on American Idol. Not that American Idol's around. Anyway. anyway, my name is Jordan Lively, and I'm getting... It sounds like a song. My name is Jordan Lively, and I'm getting ready to start college in Florida. With me being originally from Indiana, I am not a Florida resident. Does Disney view college students as Florida residents? I'm asking because I want to get an annual pass since I'm only 40 minutes from the world and getting the Florida resident prices would help so much. Love the show. Keep up the good work. I'm working on listening to all shows and I'm currently on show number 45. Wow. And yet you keep listening. Wow, Jordan Lively. That is <laughs> awesome, man. And um, congratulations on making the move to Florida. I think you're going to have a tough time moving back to Indiana 
Our winters here are a little bit nicer. So interesting question. Obviously, the Florida resident discounts and benefits, uh, there are a lot of them, and certainly in, in terms of um, not just getting room rates, but in your tickets as well. If you're a Florida resident, you get the Florida resident annual pass. You can pay it off monthly with no interest, so it's you don't have to worry about laying out a, a big amount to get your annual pass. Um, Becky, correct me if I'm wrong, I, the the they don't care that you're a college student. It really has to be your driver's license. That is really where they base your residency on. So if you do have a Florida driver's license, you can um, you can certainly get the Florida resident annual pass. I believe you're correct, Lou. <laughs> However, I don't know for sure, to be quite honest with you, but I do believe that, that the um, driver's license is the proof or one part of the proof that you have to show to, for your residency. I believe so. Now, if somebody is a college student and they have some sort of special exception um, for college students, by all means, please let me yeah. know. We will definitely correct it on the show. All right. Next one, also from Texas, is the wonderful, the amazing Allie Miller from San Antonio, Texas, and also Gibbs. And I say that because she is also one of the many talented bloggers over at WWRadio.com. Hey, Lou. And with any luck, Becky? Oh, see, it's, it's really nice. There was 11 question marks after that. Anyway, it says, my three-year-old wow. son is obsessed with the old Disney package films like Fun and Fancy Free, Make oh, cool. My Music, and Melody okay. Time. Allie, as if I couldn't love you anymore, you are raising that child right. I am so <laughs> excited that he enjoys the short musical films, none of which Becky has ever seen or heard of that she's Googling mm, right now. Nope. But there is one place, there is one that I remember enjoying a lot that I cannot find anywhere. Do you know of any place I can buy Lambert, the sheepish, sheepish lion, either on its own or in a compilation? It's such a great story about being who you are and has the best song. I'd really love to share that with my boy. I know you dig the history and the research questions, so I'm hoping that you have a magical resource somewhere that I have not found. Again, that comes from the lovely Allie Miller from Texas. Becky, why don't you take this one? He sounds cute and fluffy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's really cute. Uh, Lambert, the sheepish sheep. That's it. <laughs> that's, that's it's hard to say, isn't right it? There. Yeah, see, basically, this is for children to learn to speak. Indiction, right? Is go. that how that, that works? Right. So, I'm sorry this one. All right, so Lambert, the, the sheepish lion, was cute. <laughs> And cuddly, and he is Fluffy. a little lion cub, and he Fluffy. was, and he was a. Um, it was actually a very, very nice story, and it was a. It was a short. It was only about, I think, seven, eight minutes long. It was released in the early fifties, probably fifty-two or so. And uh, just to sort of synopsize it for you, Becky uh, Lambert always thought he was a sheep, and then he had to sort of find out who he was and defend the flock. And there's a whole. I don't. Spoiler alert. Um, Sterling Holloway, Disney legend. Um, was the voice of the narrator and the stork dual role. He was also the stork in one of the movie, Dumbo. Very good. Oh. Yeah, there you go. So in terms of where you can um, find it currently, uh, the only place I know it was an extra on the 25th anniversary DVD of The Fox and the Hound, like a long time ago. Um, I think they showed it during... Uh, when the Lion King was released, they showed it as sort of a, a short, like a like they used to show. But I don't believe you can find that uh, currently. You can find I'm <clears throat> I'm sure you can find it online, but I'm sure I, I haven't seen it necessarily as part of a compilation or a um, a Walt Disney Treasures DVD set. Doesn't eBay have everything? eBay does have everything. <laughs> <laughs> that are, if Amazon doesn't, eBay does. Those are like the two go-to places, right, for this kind of stuff? Pretty much. 
pretty okay, much. Okay, good. So. Now I feel like I know something. So a little bit of trivia for you. Oh boy, here we go. Uh-huh. Lambert the Sheepish Lion was the favorite cartoon of Emperor Hirohito of Japan. And Disney actually gave him an original print of the film as a gift. Wow. See that? Learned Google has a lot of information, doesn't it? It's just all the, <laughs> let me tell you, if you ask Jeeves, he'll tell you anything. Um, next question. Oh, my gosh. We're running so long. We have to keep going. Andrew Zornoba. I hope I pronounced your name correctly because there's C's and Z's and all kinds of stuff in there. Hello, Lou. Thank you for taking the time to read my letter. My family is interested in scheduling a trip to Walt Disney World in October. Wait, nine is September or October. I have heard a talk that Walt Disney World may be moving away from free dining. Oh, the humanity normally offered around this time. Can you offer any insight? We are grateful for your podcast, which will all find entertaining and informative. Please keep up the great work. Andrew Zornoba, thank you so much. Andrew, timing is everything because Disney yeah. actually just released free dining. And Becky, this traditionally is something that they continue to do um, for the fall season, correct? For now, yes. And and they tweak it every year. So I think what they do is when they kind of start approaching the marketing season, they look at how many rooms are currently booked at the resorts. Because if it's booked full, in their you know, business minds, why do they need to run promotions? And you'll also see that uh, while it has been released, and right now there are very cut and dry dates. So from August 23rd to October 1st, most dates, not all, November 15th to November 21st, November 26th to November 28th, um, and the December 10th to December 21st. Those are the windows of opportunity for, for free dine. You have to book by July 8th, I think, to get this. The big thing is it's extremely limited. It's not all resorts. It's not going to be all nights that it's available. It's only uh, marked for so many reservations during those time periods at the resort. So it's really important for free dining, if you really want it, is to book it early so that you can grab it and have it because as the um, uh, as the hotels fill, it's going to book up and not be available. Um, but one thing I really want you to keep in mind, and this goes for anybody when you're looking at these offers, Sometimes free dining isn't the best offer out there. Um, you might find that you don't really – you're booking a value resort, but the quick service dining isn't exactly how your family eats. So the room only plus ticket with 30% off might actually be a better value for you in the long run. It totally depends on the individual and the family and uh, if the dining plan is going to be better than the, co- than the um, cost savings. So – you kind of have to like look at everything that's available out there and weigh it, which is why obviously self-promotion is a great idea to have a uh, vacation planner in your corner to look at all of the options, weigh them out, talk with you about the pros and cons, and let you decide which is going to be the best offer in the long run. Yeah, but- free free is not always necessarily the best, especially free. it really does depend on how you vacation too. Exactly. And a lot of people just see that word free and they glom onto it and figure, well, this has got to be great because it's free. But no, what it really is, it's the free dining uh, package is put on it, but you might be paying full rack rate for your hotel. And instead, if there's another offer that's competing in the same date range, which sometimes happens, sometimes does not, um, you would look at the cost savings because that's going to be 30%, sometimes 25% off the rack rate for the hotel. Maybe that's actually cheaper if you add the dining to that. So 
you really do kind of have to do the apples to apples to make sure that you're going to get the best value for the type of vacation experience that you personally want. Yeah. And just a couple of quick things too. So if you say, for example, Becky, that you book your trip X amount of months in advance and then free dining is released and they hopefully booked with somebody like Mouse Fan Travel. Is that something that can be applied to an existing reservation? Absolutely. And that's one of the things that I was going to say as a tip. Don't wait for the promotion to come out. Book what you want. And it once it releases, at least you know you've got the hotel and the type of room that you want for your vacation. Once this releases, we look at it and we call in or we look online and we say, okay, let's look at what your current cost is if we add this promotion or if we can add this promotion because again it's not available for all resorts or all dates so we might give you a phone call back and say you know if you moved your check-in date two days forward then we can get this uh, free dining for you which is going to save you X amount of money for uh, the, the dining plan that you're looking at is perfect for your family so it can be applied as long as the it's within their date ranges and it's available and that the um, resort that you're currently booked in is going to participate in the promo. Yeah, and understand too what free dining really means. Um, by my definition, I was hoping that it meant unlimited dining. Unfortunately, no. it does not. Um, <laughs> Good luck they, with they, that. They, they like, lost put Disney out of business for the <laughs> time. <laughs> oh my God, if Lou Mangiello had unlimited free dining, that would just be, I would just yeah, sit at Morimoto. Over, the, and, over yeah. the news, I could see it now that you know <laughs> Disneyland doesn't get Star Wars land because Lou had free dining. Um, and, and one of the things you got to keep in mind, like you said, when you book a value resort, you get the quick service dining plan for free. So it's not like the full-blown dining plan. If you're booking a value resort, you get the quick service plan, which is, again, sometimes people don't eat that way. And so that quick service plan may not be the best value for them. If you book a moderate, deluxe, or a villa property, then you get the the regular Disney dining plan for free. So there are those pieces that kind of come into play. And just as an FYI, usually this is true for most of these types of offers. The properties that are most in demand at the time of the offer aren't included. Like, for example, this particular offer excludes campsites, the three-bedroom villas, Art of Animation Resort, which uh, the little mermaid rooms within the Art of Animation, the bungalows at Disney's Polynesian Villas and Bungalows. Those are not part of this this offer. So if you're booked in one of those, you automatically need to think, hmm, if it can't be applied, and do I keep the current promotion that I have or do I you know move resorts so that I can get this free dining plan yeah and and look this the the long answer to this short question is that you need to do your research you need to sort of be very mm-hmm. well informed and well versed and sort of weigh the 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 pros and cons and, and balance. And look, this is where, and I know, and I don't mean to sound like a shameless plug for you, but it is where having a travel agent who has experience with this and, and the the trends and and how to best use the 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 promotions when they come available really comes into play. And now this is a shameless plug because Mouse Fan Travel does that. You can call Becky at home on her cell phone like 18 <laughs> times a day and all it's at no, it's free. It doesn't it's matter free. how many times you call. But it is. I mean, the services that you provide are free. So take advantage. Do me a favor. Take advantage of Becky as much as you can and call <laughs> her as often as you as you can. Uh, because I think uh, the, the, the more informed you are, 
the better off that you will be. Don't just necessarily jump on it because it says free dining. All right. Now, so knowledge is power. Exactly. Stuff, and knowledge with great power. power comes great responsibility. And lots of food. Excelsior. All right. So <laughs> last question because we ran long and I stink at this lightning round stuff. All right. This one comes from Matt H. He says, hey, Lou, I recently started listening to your podcast. Wish I had gotten into podcasts years ago. I'm going through some of your old episodes, catching up on all the things I've missed over the years. And I had a question about a rumor you mentioned on episode 30 from September of 2007. No. Uh-oh. <laughs> you reported on an e-ticket attraction coming to Tomorrowland, but you didn't say much about it. So it got me wondering, and I did some digging, but I can't find anything that might fit in that time frame. I'm hoping that since it's over eight years later, you might not be sworn to secrecy anymore. Whatever became of this, what was supposed to be, was it built elsewhere? My apologies if you explained this on a later episode and I missed it. Love the show. Thanks, Matt H. I know exactly what this was. You it do? was just you teasing to drive us all crazy because you really enjoy that. No, this is a Matt. This is a, this is a long <laughs> play answer, right? Because, and I don't remember the the dates, but um, the Galaxy Palace Theater um, in Tomorrowland, which is currently where the Buzz Lightyear meet and greet is, uh, was at one point an open air theater um, that. Um, had uh, Christmas shows and they had high school bands come in and perform and play. And I, I probably knew when I mentioned this, that the theater was going to be closing sometime the next year. So normally when something closes, that means something is on its way. And, and again, you're trying to make me remember nine years ago. I can't remember what I had for breakfast this morning, but I will still believe that something is coming to that space. I still believe Tomorrowland is primed for a new attraction or maybe attractions, plural. Uh, I still believe that that's coming. Uh, I think I I have a feeling I know why it may have been delayed a little bit because there's so much else going on elsewhere. But we see some of the rolling upgrades and changes and refurbishments and additions coming through the park's New Fantasyland, Storybook Circus. Obviously, that was uh, the, the prime attention in Magic Kingdom. I still believe Tomorrowland is the next land to get some of that att attention. And I believe get an attraction for that space that still sits there. Is currently sort of a parking, an empty parking lot backstage. But I still will hold true nine years later that that area will be where the next Tomorrowland attraction is going to be. Hmm. Interesting. You want to know what it is? Yeah. So do I, but I don't know. <laughs> um, so here's another question for you, Becky Mankin, and you, Boy. listener. So you got two questions this week, right? Your number one place or thing to eat in Disneyland. And number two, if you can build any attraction in Tomorrowland, in that Galaxy Palace Theater space, what would you put it? What would you put? What would you have it themed after? Would it be an existing property? Would it be an older property? Something new that's coming down the pike? Would it be Tron? Would it be Wally? -E? Would it be Big Hero 6? Would it be something else? Would it be something com a completely new story that's not maybe tied to a movie property? Any yeah, thoughts, pretend. Becky Mankin? Yeah, let's pretend for a moment that licensing doesn't matter. I would want a whole thing about Thor. Just stop. Keep, please keep your personal <laughs> preferences right, out something, of the I mean. Because we know in Shanghai, we've got this wonderful thing popping up over there, right? Is it Shanghai or Hong Kong? I keep forgetting. The Iron <laughs> Man piece. Both. The Iron Man thing. Iron Man's coming to Hong Kong. Yep. Okay. So bring that over here. So I will say this. 
Um, and I know nothing. I know nothing. That's a reference to an old show from the 60s. I know so nothing, they- but I will tell you that I believe in my little seven-year-old boy wishing heart of hearts that at some point in the next few years, that licensing agreement is going to change. I believe, and now more than ever, especially with recent developments in terms of certain companies purchasing other companies, (coughs) DreamWorks, Mm -hmm. and other things that are going to be coming to Universal Studios Orlando, they have a finite amount of space to work in. I think there are a lot of compelling reasons why they would want to actually give up that Marvel license back to Disney and put some other things in that area. So I think that it is going to change for a variety of reasons that would warrant much further and probably interesting discussion. But so what I you're do, saying is that Thorland could actually Thorland show up. Thorland is not going to come, <laughs> but I believe that you will see Marvel in the in the Walt Disney World theme parks. Again, it's a long-term play yeah. because a lot has to change and there's a lot of construction going on over the next five, seven years, but I think within the next decade, you will see Marvel in the Walt Disney World theme parks. That being said, we'll take that out of the equation. I still hold firm that I would love to see a two-story building in that space. I think the first level should be a Tron sort of virtual light cycle race or discs of Tron kind of game where you sort of don the suit and get your identity disc and you're flinging discs and riding the, the, the bikes and this sounds on the dangerous second, is what it and on the second like. level wait wait you, you'll like yeah. this one okay. on the second level is the end of line lounge right like from Tron Legacy a very cool Ooh. very hip sort of lounge obviously no alcohol in there but oh, I think well. the theming and the views and you could do some really really neat stuff up in there um, you had yeah. me at lounge right <laughs> that would be kind of cool, wouldn't it? The end of they need some more lounge. spaces like that. They need some more kickback, observe the people spaces. Over that there. would you talk about the anyway? I'm still holding out for the end of line lounge and some Tron themed attraction. But I want to hear from you, my friend, the listener who has been on this adventure through the inbox with us. Tell me number one the the number one place or item that the first timer should eat and enjoy at Disneyland and or number two what would you build in the empty area located between Carousel of Progress and Buzz Lightyear's Space Ranger Spin in Tomorrowland there's lots of different ways you could tell me the first preferred way because I want to hear you on the air man I want to hear that passion in your voice so call the voicemail at 407-900-9391 you can tweet me at Lou Mangello you can Facebook me at Lou Mangello you can email me smoke signal carrier pigeon myspace (laughs) CompuServe whatever it is and then when you're done because you're so excited to come to one of the Disney parks or anywhere on planet earth please go visit mousefantravel.com and please take advantage of Becky and all the free services that she is offering for you. Absolutely. And you know what I need right now? I need a cozy cone. And I need a, a chimichanga. That I need, shocked me I, that what? it did not involve some sort of alcoholic beverage. So kudos to well, you, oh. Becky Mankin. Well, hey, come on. It's Disneyland. My seven-year-old self in Disneyland is thinking, you know, cozy cones because I'm hungry. I've not eaten lunch yet. It's, you know. <gasps> and oh, by the way, Romanoff. I'm just it took you an hour to 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 look up on excite.com. No, it was it was like on uh, number five or something. But I just didn't want to scream out Romanoff in the middle of whatever thought you were talking about food because it would have taken you in a whole other angle. What, and you what get movie, grumpy. What movie was Gamora from? 
Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, you only got that because I said Star Lord. No, because I watch that all the time over and it's you know what? When you get those movies that comes on TV and you can't change the channel, no matter where you start in the movie, if it's like 15 minutes left, you have to stop. You have to stop on the channel and watch it. Guardians of the Galaxy is one of those. Just so you know. Dave is another one. Why Dave? (laughs) What? All right, here you go. Okay. What? Civil War trivia question. What superhero, what actor played the superhero in... for our Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week, where I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World history or see how well you pay attention to the details, not just in what you see, but sometimes in what you hear. If you think you know the answer, you can enter for a chance to win a Disney prize package. Before we get to this week's question, let's go back, review last week's, and select our winner. So last week, we did a live dining review of Boatwright's Dining Hall at Port Orleans Riverside. So of course, I had to make the question about that resort, and it was simply to tell me what is the name of the three-and-a-half-acre, wonderfully-themed pool area at Port Orleans Riverside. Once again, thanks to the hundreds of you who entered and got this one correct, because you know that right in the heart of Riverside is Old Man Island, a very neat, very wooded island that has uh, wooden bridges and lots of pools and fishing holes and really a neat part of the Port Orleans backstory, which is sort of that old-fashioned swimming hole with the old water slide modeled after an old sawmill and built right into the millworks. I took all of the correct entries, randomly selected one, and again, last week you were playing for the 102 Ways to Save Money for and at Walt Disney World book all seven of my virtual audio tours of the Magic Kingdom, a WW Radio Magic Band cover, and some WW Radio stickers. And last week's winner, randomly selected, is Melissa Joseph. So, Melissa, congratulations. I have your address. I'll get your prize package out to you right away. If you played last week and didn't win, that's okay, because here's your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. So one of our questions this week was about the legendary years over at Disney's Pop Century Resort. So let's stay there and ask you a question specifically about the classic years at Pop Century. Because as you know, they celebrate the 50s through the 90s. And every building has different items on the exterior related to that decade. Whether it's a cell phone, a laptop, an 8-track tape. Those are all things that a lot of you guys have probably never seen before. But anyway, some of these items are also from Disney history as well. So tell me, what characters from Disney films can be found in statue form in the classic years buildings at Pop Century? Right? So there's the five five different buildings. Some of those buildings have statues of Disney characters from uh, Disney animated or live action films. Tell me what those characters are. You have until Sunday, May 8th at 11.59 p.m. There's two ways to enter. The easiest way is to go to www.radio.com, click on show 445. You can use the contest entry form right there, or you can just email contest at www.radio.com. Again, I'm going to give you the 102 Ways book, all seven of the audio tours, a magic band cover, and some WW Radio stickers. So good luck and have fun. 
that's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you again so much for taking the time to tune in this and every week. I really do appreciate you spending some of your time with me. Speaking of thanks, I want to thank some new members of the WW Radio Nation and family, including Fred Abley, Nicholas Menard, Daniel Manchi, Paul Aldu, and Jeff Knoll. I really appreciate you helping to support the show. And if you want to help and also get exclusive rewards every month, including scavenger hunts, access to our secret Facebook group, personalized magic band covers, nation logo gear, backpacks, t-shirts, monthly care packages from Walt Disney World and more, you can visit www.radio.com support. And this month, and for our monthly group video call, I'm going to have another very special guest. Last month, we have a private group chat with Ridley Pearson lining up somebody else for you this month. Again, visit www.radio.com support to find out how you can be part of the WW Radio Nation. Don't forget that while you're on the site, please be sure to check out the WW Radio blog. We have an amazing team of incredibly talented blog writers posting new content every day. You can also subscribe to our free email newsletter there with exclusive content, contests, offers, information, updates, and more. And please join me every Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern as I broadcast live video over on Facebook. I've been doing it for the past seven years or so, and it's one of the things I really enjoy most, not just because I get to show you what we're talking about, but but be able to have that real-time conversation with you. We talk about Disney. You can ask me anything. Oftentimes, I'll broadcast live from the parks. Again, it's facebook.com slash Mangello. Please follow me there. Turn on notifications and join us in, in the conversation every Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Also, I would love to keep the conversation going about this show or anything else, so please connect with me on social. I am at Lou Mangello on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest. And as much as I love connecting with you guys online, nothing beats a handshake and a hug. That's why I hope to be able to meet you in person. Visit www.radio.com slash events to find out about upcoming meets of the month in Walt Disney World and events on the road. I'm going to Minnesota in May, Chicago in July, the cruise in November, and our double dip to Castaway Key cruise next month. And I want to announce the next meet of the month for May is not going to be in Walt Disney World. It's going to be in Disneyland. And that is going to be on Wednesday, May 18th. We're going to meet at 6.30 p.m. at the Rancho de Zocalo outdoor seating area. The idea is that you, like me, go grab a chimichanga from the nearby Ship to Shore Marketplace or whatever food stand of your preference. Come by, share a chimichanga, and by share, I mean get your own, and we'll just eat them together, and we'll hang out in the uh, Rancho de Zocalo outdoor seating area. If you visit facebook.com slash you can RSVP on the events page there. Just click on the more tab, click on events, RSVP. Please let me know that you're coming. And if I can help you build your brand or business or come to speak to your school, business, or conference, please visit loumangelo.com. Thanks again to Becky Mankin, not just for joining me on the show, but being a longtime sponsor and friend of the show. Visit them over at mousefantravel.com and celebrationspress.com if you want to get Celebrations Magazine delivered to your door or digital device. And as always, my friends, and you are my friends, whether we have met yet or not, all I ask is that if you like the show, please help spread the word tell a friend let others know about it tweet out that you're listening share a link to this week's or your favorite episode with your friends over on facebook and please take 30 seconds go to itunes rate and review the show there thanks to you we have more than 1100 five-star reviews you help the show reach number two overall among more than half a million itunes podcasts i want to thank some recent reviewers 
including Tina76818, Zussi Wu, Tom Derriter, who said, hey, this guy cares. He knows that we're friends whether we've met yet or not. Earn 37430 adores the podcast. Jay Busier 7 McUglytron, and Jeff Coviello says, I feel like I'm in Disney even when I can't get there. Thank you guys so much and all the other recent reviewers. If you want to re- rate and review the show, visit www.radio.com slash iTunes. It'll give you instructions and a link over to iTunes or just do a search for WW Radio over in iTunes. And finally, and most importantly, I need to thank you again. You allow me and inspire me to do what I do, and I am so grateful for the life that you give me. And to that point, remember, you know, the, a life is what we live but your legacy, right? Start thinking about your legacy because that's what you leave behind and you decide what your legacy will be because everything that you do today is going to impact the legacy you're going to leave behind tomorrow. So create more and give more and inspire others more and I hope that you have the most amazing week of your life ever. Thank you so, so very much. So until next time, see ya. Lou, Brian Reynolds here from Two Cups of Magic. Just listened to your most recent episode about the extinct things at Walt Disney World other than attractions. The one thing I can't believe you didn't mention is the hot nacho cheese over at Cosmic Rays, and I believe it was at Pecos Bills before that. Um, That was one of my favorite things there. Either one of those restaurants, as silly as it sounds, you could put that nacho cheese on anything, and it would make it amazing, especially the fries. You dip some pickles in it, uh, some tomatoes, some lettuce. So you cover anything in cheese, and it makes it better. Uh, but I can't believe you guys didn't cover that. But great episode. Love the episode. Thanks for everything you do. Thanks for the encouragement. Uh, it's because of people like you and podcasters like you uh, that I do what I do and, and that I'm, I'm chasing after my own dreams and ambitions. So thank you, Lou, for everything that you do. Keep up the good work, and I hope to see you soon at Walt Disney World. Uh, have a great day. Have a great year. Bye. Hi, Lou. This is Palmer Munz. I'm calling from out in Vancouver, Washington, about your uh, Extinct Attractions podcast, which I really enjoyed. and wanted to throw a couple of things back at you. One thing I really miss uh, from Walt Disney World is uh, the old Diamond Horseshoe Review, because you could go in there, grab an inexpensive lunch pretty quickly, uh, eat in air-conditioned comfort, and they'd put on an amazing show for his family that involved the kids and everything. And that was just one of my favorite things and was probably one of the best values in the whole Magic Kingdom. So I'm bummed that that has gone away and is no longer available. The other thing I wanted to mention is I'm actually a Disneyland guy when I was a kid, and there are two things that, that I really missed from there. One is back when you had the ticket books, and they were transitioning and testing out the passport idea. Um, it was nothing was better than going to Disneyland when everyone else had ticket books and you had a passport, and so you could go on any ride you wanted as often as you wanted. And the, the it seemed like the lines were shorter, and you just felt like you were royalty. And then another uh, little thing from Disneyland that I remember fondly was uh, they used to have these big phone booths probably could accommodate a family, four, five, six people, and you could go in there and um, you could make three long-distance calls, if I remember correctly, anywhere in the country. And it was so much fun. First of all, long-distance phone calls were really expensive back then, 
And second, you could call and it was almost like posting it on Facebook would be nowadays, you know, let your friends know that you're at Disneyland and having a great time. And it was a, a really a, a lot of fun to go in and do that with your friends or with your family. So I appreciate the podcast. It's a lot of fun. I don't get to go to Disney hardly ever, and so I just live vicariously through uh, your podcast. Thank you. Hey, Lou, this is Mark from Georgia. I just listened to your podcast about favorite resort lobbies at Disney World, and I wanted to tell you about my favorite um, lobby. And it's not exactly a Disney resort, but it is a Disney hotel. As a matter of fact, it's one of their oldest hotels, probably their very oldest hotel almost 90 years old, I would think, and that's the Hollywood Hotel, um, home of the Tower of Terror. And I know it's not a resort, but I like to I like to count it anyway because it is a lobby, and it was designed by Disney, and they did a very, very good job. Um, sometimes I've been in there before where I've been in line, and the line just feels a little bit too rushed in there. Even when it's moving slow, I like to look around. Sometimes I just let people go beside me. And while I kind of enjoy the decor there, it's very, very cool. They did a great job. So that's one of my favorites. Just want to let you know. Thanks. Bye-bye. Hello, Lulu. This is uh, Ben Barlow out in Las Vegas. I listen to your Top 10 Disney Resort Lobbies podcast. Always love those Top 10s, and uh, this time just had to share. My favorite lobby has to be the Wilderness Lodge. It may have something to do with the dichotomy of it when a resort lobby is so huge, so grand, so awe-inspiring, the last word you would think could describe it as cozy, but somehow it still works for me. As magnificent as it is in there because of all the wood, all those gorgeous timbers, it's also warm and inviting. I can wear that lobby like a blanket, like a flannel quilt my grandmother made. In the Wilderness Lodge, you could be walking in the redwoods or an enormous sequoia forest. It's majestic and yet somehow personal. I can't get enough of it in there. Uh, thanks, as always, for your show and how you keep us all feeling Disney World staying close when we're all so far away from it. God bless. Good morning, Lou Mangiello. It's Charlene Nagy from West Seneca, New York, and we have 185 days until we have our e-ticket adventure. Wow! 185. That is awesome. I am almost to 140 days until my daughter's wedding, and I am now 109 days out until my WDW Walt Disney World trip with my family. The kids do not know yet. We aren't sure when we're telling them, maybe for their birthdays, that they're going down to Walt Disney World this summer. Uh, 109 days to see their little faces in the excitement of meeting a character and going on all the new rides, and it's just going to be amazing. Cannot wait. So much excitement. Always stay positive, and thank you so much, Lou, for all you do. Have a great week. You've got a Chongos! 